Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I am a very sick and alone Michael. And that's right, I'm all by myself. Christina and I tried to record this episode and unfortunately our software was not working because she's out of town and for whatever reason, it just would not work. And as we all know, James is still traveling, so he's not here. And while I am trying my very best to fight off the flu, I have decided to make a quick recording of all the news so that we can at least share with everyone. I hope everybody's Thanksgiving was wonderful. And let's just jump right into the news so I can finish recording and get back to bed. To kick it off, we want to talk about the holiday season. As we know, with Cyber Monday and Black Friday and all the different days that just recently passed for shopping, people may be wondering, well, what games are you going to get? What's What do people want for the holidays? And with an exclusive survey by Digital Trends and YouGov, we got some stats on that. It, is, it seems that four of the top five most wanted games are Nintendo Switch exclusives, that being Mario Kart 8, Super Mario Odyssey, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Pokemon Sword and Shield, and then rounding out that top five, the non-Nintendo player in the game is Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which we know is on Xbox, PlayStation, and Windows. Now, if you expand that to the top 10, we got Luigi's Mansion 3 in the 6th spot and Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening in the 7th spot. So that's a huge showing for Nintendo. They're doing really, really well. This may be no surprise considering the fact that both PlayStation and Xbox have announced their next-gen consoles for next year. So maybe that's slowing things down. But according to the survey, only 6% of people have decided to hold off on spending until that happens. So there's still a lot of money in the game. The average household is saying they would spend $180 for new games and in-game content this holiday season. Two of every $5 spent is going to go towards microtransactions, which that's crazy to me. I would not expect that. But in some ways, perhaps that's the more economical way. If you already own a game for, let's say, $60 and maybe some new DLC came out for $10 or even $20, it may be better just to buy that in-game content. You're going to get more for the games that you already know you love and not taking the risk of making this $60 investment on something maybe you don't like. When asked, 40% of parents said they plan on spending more for games this year than they did last year. 46 expect to spend the same and 14 expect to spend less. Now, uh, as uh, many of you will remember, before Pokemon Sword and Shield came out, there was a lot of controversy. People arguing over the game, arguing over the leaks that were coming out left and right. And because of those leaks, the Pokemon company is seeking court action and money for quote unquote damages due to the leaks, which started on November 1st. So just weeks before the game was going to be released. Um, if you remember, or if you had seen it, the Gigantamax Machamp was shared on Discord. And then within 30 minutes, there was more images across 4chan, Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, and Imager. And Apparently, all of these images came from the official strategy guide that was supposed to be released on the 22nd. The 
firm representing Pokemon, Perkins Koi, I believe, is claiming that they were harmed by disrupting its ability to market Pokemon Sword and Shield um, in assuming in the way that they wanted. So that's their that's their legal action. They're saying that they are harmed because they didn't allow to to put out the marketing voice or the image that they wanted due to these leaks that were happening. Now, for somebody like Christina and myself who have clients and we we could never imagine posting a, a branding project or you know a new logo ahead of time before a company got to launch it the way they wanted. I can see the Pokemon company's case here. I can see where they would be able to go after somebody that did this and get damages. Now, I don't know what those damages are. This game sold like a bajillion dollars worth. So I don't know what they're going for exactly. That seems a little weird to me. But the fact that they have the right to go after somebody that, you know, I I got to support that. And even let's take, for example, we get review codes all the time. If for some reason um, we put out a review that maybe didn't help a game sell, if it was like a two or a three on, a, on our score, and we put that out before the embargo was, was lifted, we could, we could be in a lawsuit. So these people, whoever it was that was working on the official strategy guide, one would assume they had some sort of contract that they had to sign and they should be held liable. I don't know who in particular gets that, but knowing that they made this this uh, strategy guide, somebody is liable for those getting out, and you can't you can't have that. It needs to be locked down. Now, Doug Bowser, Doug Bowser, as we all know, is is the the head of Nintendo now, and. Being in a position such as that, you may wonder, well, what kind of games does Doug Bowser like? What is he into? Is he even a gamer? Does this guy play games? And recently, while speaking uh, with University of Utah's magazine, he was reflecting on his time there. And in some of the, the, the comments, he mentioned how he loved Donkey Kong games. He it was it was just one of his favorites. He played it all the time. But when asked what was his favorite game of all time, he actually goes on to say it was Myst, which as many people remember is sort of a first person uh, puzzle game, I guess, problem solving game. And I, I fondly remember Myst and, and I think Riven came out after. And then I think there was another game after that, but I can't really remember it. But I was a huge, huge fan of Myst. I absolutely loved it. So I can I can share in his fondness for that. He says currently his favorite game now is Super Mario Odyssey, which I mean, come on, he's got to say that, right? He can't not say a Nintendo game. Now, I know uh, Christina and Mots discussed Stardew Valley and that there's a large update coming out fairly soon. So we got a little bit more details on that. The update is 1.4, and it is going to include quality of life update, uh, bug fixes, and more content. It has a new endgame mystery involving an abandoned building, 
more character events, including a new 14 heart event for every spouse, new farm building called Fish Ponds, where you can raise fish and harvest items from them, new farm map called Four Corners. Each corner has a different perk for farming. There are the greenhouse, the farm cave, and the pet area are all in the center. So this would be good probably for some of the multiplayer stuff. And then there's also more than 60 new items, both for fun and practical, 24 new hairstyles, 181 new shirts, 35 new hats, 14 new pants, and two new boots. So you get all kinds of stuff. Now, the Junimo, Junimo, Jun, Junimo, I don't remember how to say this, but Junimo Kart minigame has been almost completely redone, which I have no idea what that means. And I've played hours and hours of this, and I, I don't know what that's referring to. There obviously is some mini game in the game where you get to, I don't know, do something. So that's been completely redone. Um, fantastic. I'm a huge fan of Stardew Valley, just despite the fact I have no idea what this last update is referring to with this mini game. But I personally really love Stardew Valley. I had it both on Steam and then later bought it again on my Switch. I put many more hours on my Switch. But um, this update is um, I haven't beat the game. I, I played for a long time and never beat it. But with this update, I'm hoping to jump back into it and uh, put some more time. Now, in some sad news, we do know that during um, a blog post, Bethesda mentioned for their update of um, 1.5 update for Elder Scrolls Blades that it, we're getting a postponed release for that port to the Nintendo Switch. So it's currently already out. I think you can play it on iOS and maybe Android, but it was supposed to be coming out on Nintendo Switch, and now that is getting bumped. They are saying that because of all the updates they've been putting out for the existing game they had to push back the launch date and they want to make sure that it's polished and as good as it can be for people which that's fine you know take your time i don't think anybody needs it this second and uh, i would rather it be right and done well than come out and be terrible so now Continuing on the sad news train, as we know, Pokemon Sword and Shield is out, which means Pokemon Company may not be supporting some other stuff like they used to. And that goes for the Pokemon Global Link. It is going to be going offline as of February 24th, 2020. And what that means is players won't be able to access Sun and Moon features. This also includes Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Uh, players will still be able to battle and trade each other, but no more online competitions or raiding battles. So if you're still playing those, unfortunately, your time has come. Um, these features are now included in Pokemon Sword and Shield, so no extra website was needed, such as Pokemon Global Link. Um, and, and on that note, there is a new competition scheduled, the first Sword and Shield online competition is scheduled for December 6th. So very, very soon, three days from today, actually, um, we will be able to do the online competition. And to celebrate the past nine years of service, they're giving out a mana, a, which is a callback to black and white. And all you need to do is get a code from Pokemon Global Link, and you can get that. 
speaking of Pokemon Sword and Shield, we're we're right back in the Pokemon news segment. If you can't tell, it's just always Pokemon at this point. Um, Pokemon Sword and Shield. One of the things everybody loved about the game or currently love about the game was the wild area and the fact that you could raid and work together as a team to take down powerful Pokemon that you can potentially catch and have on your team. Well, like many things, people are ruining it because they found an exploit. And essentially what happens is if you change the time in your um, switch, you can go in and look at the raid and look at these dens. They're called dens. So if you're in the wild area and you're running up to these dens, typically they're glowing and they've got a beam of light shooting out of them. When they have a light shooting out of them, it tells you that there's a Pokemon in there that you can battle and you run up to it. You see what it is. If you don't want it, you just move on. Or if it's something you want, you you battle it, you capture it, then you move on. What they're doing is they're changing the time on the Switch hardware so they can continue to look in these dens, boom, 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 and find the Pokemon that they want without having to run around, without having to wait. They're just kind of spamming these dens with different times to find the Pokemon they're looking for. Um, in, a, in addition to finding these powerful Pokemon that they want, when you run up to a den and you collect energy, you get watts out of it, which is, I, it's like in-game currency kind of in the wild area. I'm not entirely sure where the huge benefits are for the watts. You get to do some stuff, buy some stuff with it, but it's nothing super big. But So with this exploit, not only can you find super powerful Pokemon, but you can be getting watts. You can be farming these watts. So this 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 is a problem. But in most cases, Pokemon is a single player game. Where it becomes an issue for everybody else is the raids were an online feature. You could you and three others could go in and battle for these Gigantamax Pokemon. And now what happens is you may see a lobby pop up that says you know oh Christina wants to do this raid. Oh well I want to play so I'll jump in. And then I go to jump in and now that battle lobby is no longer there because she's doing the exploits, which means she just keeps creating lobbies, exiting, creating, exiting, creating, exiting. So you're spamming to people that you want to do this raid and then you just cancel out because that wasn't the Pokemon you're after. So it really starts to be a problem. It's kind of ruining the online experience. I know I've experienced it. Christina has experienced it. And I'm sure many of you listening have experienced it. Um, and, and if you put that on top of some of the connectivity issues that the game already had, it kind of ruins what was potentially a really fun um, experience, you know, and, and hopefully that gets fixed. I'm, I'm really hoping Game Freak comes out with something that that squashes this because it's just really unfortunate. You have a you have a great feature that people are enjoying and somebody obviously has to ruin it. All right. Now we're going to get into the rumor mill. Now, as we always say, these are rumors. Take them with a grain of salt. Um, but it's worth mentioning, I suppose. And that come in in this week's rumor mill is that there's potentially three, not one, not two, three new Metroid games coming to Nintendo. Leaky Panda has shared an update to social media, which talks to Nintendo's supposed plans for the Metroid series. Two uh, games in the next two physical years respectively metroid prime trilogy hd which we all know is it is been around that 
people have said that it's already made and it just hasn't been released yet. So we don't know what is going on there, but that would be fantastic. Then Super Metroid Remake, which mimics the one they did for Samus Returns in uh, in its style and its scope, which I can see that too. So the Metroid Prime Trilogy remake, re, you know, redo in HD makes sense to me, especially when it's ahead of four, which we know is coming. So that makes perfect sense because it gets you excited. The Super Metroid done similar to Samus Returns makes a lot of sense to me as well because people really loved Samus Returns. So getting something like that on the Switch would be huge. And then that those two, in addition to the Metroid Prime 4, which we already know is in the works, um, that is three. And so Leaky Panda is almost never right, it seems like. They do get a couple things right, but they're, they've been wrong, I think, more than right in the past. So you do have to take this with a grain of salt, but the, these games make sense to me. They're not coming out with like, oh, there's going to be a Metroid Racer game, something out of total left field. A Metroid Prime Trilogy we know is out there in the world. Metroid Prime 4 we already know is out there. And doing a remake of Super Metroid makes sense. It makes perfect sense. So that's exciting. But it's a rumor, and we'll wait and see. Now, that gets us to best sellers for the week. In the top 10, Holden Strong, Pokemon Sword, Pokemon Shield in 1 and 2, followed by Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild back on the list at number 3, Quest for the Golden Duck, Unravel 2, Cuphead coming in at 6, 7 is Mana Spark, 8 is Super Mario Party, 9 is Ori and the Blind Forest, and 10 is Mario and Rapids Kingdom Battle. Fantastic. That is wonderful. I'm so happy to see that some of these games are back on the list. We all know that during Black Friday and a maybe uh, for for Cyber Monday, there were some sales happening. So I think that's where we got to see everything mixed up here. I, I think that's great. I don't know about you. I did buy a few things. I bought some of the Telltale Batman games. Those were on sale. I bought, picked up those. Um, and I think a few other things. But right now, I'm still playing uh, Shield. So I'll get to those at some point. Now, new releases that we're into this week. Both Christine and I checked a few because we thought they looked interesting. One of them that I thought was kind of odd and, and interesting is Semulacra. Simulacra? I have no idea. Simulacra. That's what I'm going to stick with. It's a $13 game, and it's basically an interactive FMV or full motion video horror experience. And what you're doing is you, in theory, you find this girl's phone and you start to go through the phone and realize something happened to her something the phone's acting weird and you get like a message from her on her phone that says you know something happened and so you have to start piecing it together it's like a mystery a little bit of a horror experience and based on what she's done on her phone you have to start piecing together what happened to her now i will say that the game doesn't look great it doesn't look super well done but um i like the storytelling element and if anybody's ever done um there's like text-based stories and essentially what happens is you know it's like you're just reading along somebody's text back and forth like hi i'm home i put uh food in the fridge help yourself blah 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 and then 
somebody will be like, well, I've never been home. I have, I'm out of town this week. Well, who put the food in the fridge then? Oh my goodness. There's somebody in the house, blah, blah, blah. And then it, you know, it ends. So you don't know what's happening. And this kind of reminded me of that where it's a story. It's a narrative based around things, fragments you're getting out of this person's phone. It looks a little cheesy. Yes. But I, I like it. It's an interesting idea. It's an interesting concept. I would watch this till it goes down to maybe $5 and then pick it up. So one that Christine and I both have marked is Tools Up. This is very similar to Overcooked, I would say. It's a party game. And what you're doing is you're basically uh, working with a crew of renovators and you have to run around and renovate this house. You have to fix up this house. So you're all trying to work together to make this happen. And it's it's a timed thing. There's time trials and it's a fun party game. And this looks really, really cute to me. It looks like it's really, really well done. The style of it is really cute. And I think this could be a lot of fun for 20 bucks. The next one is Alien Isolation. Now, if anybody is familiar with Aliens, uh, the movie, then you understand who uh, Ellen uh, Ripley is. Ripley, most people are just nowhere as Ripley. Well, in it, she went to this, she was on the spaceship. The spaceship visited this island and, or this planet and managed to bring on some alien life form and the, the tore through the whole ship and blah, blah, blah. Well, this takes place, you play as Amanda Ripley, who is Ellen Ripley's daughter, which is odd because I think in the movies, the daughter's die, died somehow. I don't know if it was old age or what, but the daughter's dead. So in this, you play as the daughter and it's 11 years later, I think, or uh, 15 years later. And you go back to the ship and try to piece together what happened to your mother. So it definitely veers away from the story of, of the movies put in place, but I still think it looks really, really interesting. I like the uh, the atmosphere that it creates, and I would definitely consider picking this up for $35. The next one we have is TikTok, A Tale for Two. Now, TikTok, A Tale for Two, it, this is more about the way you play it. It is a co-op game but you each play it on a switch. Now I think that's fascinating. I think it could be limiting for them because obviously you have to have two people with, you know, two switches, but I really love the idea of this. I love the fact that you're trying to go through and fix, figure out puzzles and it's, and it looks storybook ish in the way it's pre presented, but it's, it's, it's nice. It's pretty well done. And I love the idea of this different way of playing the gameplay and, and doing the story with these two person, two different switches. You're looking at your own switch and you have to tell each other what you see and what's going on. I really, really like that idea, that concept behind it. So that one's, that one's big for me. Another one that Christina checked off is Big Pharma. Now, Big Pharma seems interesting. She was say I thought it looked very similar to Two Point Hospital, which is supposed to be coming out of the Switch, but we don't have it yet. She says it looks more like Automa Chef to her, which I think is also a very good comparison. And I could definitely see the Automa Chef because you're, you're creating these conveyor belts that are supposed to be doing things. And this game looks really, really fun to me. You're, it's essentially a puzzle game, but you're creating these different aspects and it's got to create and generate um, medication at your hospital so that you can 
or a pharmaceutical company so that you could put together the pills that go out into the world. And so that's your whole point. You have maybe a machine over here cranking out a certain kind and then it goes into another machine that does something else and you have to create this whole layout. So it's sort of simulator mixed with a little bit of a puzzle game. Looks fantastic. And that one is only $30, so not too, too bad. And that's our games for the week. Um, now we're going to go into what you're playing. And it, since it's just me, the only thing I've been playing this week is Pokemon Shield. I put in as much time as I possibly could on this game uh, up until the point I got sick. So unfortunately, I haven't been able to play it too much since I got sick. And uh, and I'm, I'm loving it. I'm really, really enjoying it. I managed to get all of my badges. I'm working my way to the final boss. And at this point in time, all I'm doing is just collecting uh, Pokemon. I'm just working my way through the wild area, collecting Pokemon and, you know, just, just enjoying the game, not trying to rush it. I think I've got 55 hours in on the game so far and loving every minute of it. That gets us to the end of this week's Nintendo Dispatch. I apologize for the rambling. I apologize if this wasn't the best episode we've put out, but I am, like I said, fighting off the flu to the best of my ability. And we just wanted to make sure you had something to listen to this week. Like every week, if you want to reach out to us and chat us up, please feel free. Visit NintendoDispatch.com and shoot us an email. You can always find us on Twitter at Dispatch Podcast. We have a Discord channel that you're more than welcome to join, Nintendo Dispatch. I think you can find a link to that on our website as well. And I hope you had a wonderful holiday season. Uh, feel free to shoot us a message. Let us know what you bought this year or this this, I guess, Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Let us know what you got, anything good. If you want to share with us, tell us what you're thinking for the holiday season. We would love to hear it. But that is it from a very sick Michael. And I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. This has been your Nintendo Dispatch.